Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with Marco and Tad, and we're back for week 21 in a brave new world, guys. It just might be George Orwell's 1984, and we're living in it. Alternative facts. How are you guys doing? It's scary out here, man. <laughs> you know, every time that we start to do the podcast, like it's always such a letdown for me because like Chris just jumps into it. And I'm always thinking that we're going to, like, play the theme song and, like, we're going to be nodding our heads like we're about to, you know, look, get in a game, just get all pumped up with Beats by Dre on. You know, I, I envision myself, you know, just crushing the podcast, but then it's just, you know, oh, hey, guys, we're doing it again. It's just your notes falling on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I sing the song uh, in my head uh, as I'm Ubering over from uh, Fort Taunton Met- Metro, so... Uh, definitely excited to get back into it. Uh, Wait a minute, you, you hum the tune or you have a song for the theme song? Have I'm you written a song? Both, man. I'm working on it. Right? <laughs> it sounds like next week we're going to have to yeah, start I'm with pump-up music. I'm going to have to hear that a little bit. We'll, we'll start with pump-up music before next week's podcast. But it was a big week uh, last week and over the weekend for us here in D.C. Inauguration weekend, 45th president, now in power. How What did you guys think of uh, the events? It was beautiful. <laughs> I, uh, the, the women's march that is yeah. uh, the women's march uh, I attended both and the women's march was really I think the standout event of the weekend it was worldwide it was DC you know at, at its best and guys I was at the, the the march I can't believe that there was not one piece of trash on the mall I've, I've never seen a cleaner you know less drunk and violent uh, protest especially in that size uh, in my life, it was it was amazing. Well, I'm yeah. a little peeved about the anarchist guys that smashed up one of the Starbucks I go to, but <laughs> you know, I think they have enough money to build another one. That's right. Saw a lot of uh, uh, graffiti uh, downtown today, but nothing, nothing, nothing too major. But uh, yeah, it's unbelievable that it went off without a hitch. For me, probably the most exotic thing that happened is I was driving on the GW Parkway and I got passed by a biker gang, like. 80 dudes on choppers, like, you know, sleeves out, talking about Lorenzo Llama style, you know, crazy, uh, 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 grim reapers and, you know, some, uh, we'll just say alt-right regalia, uh, uh, strewn about, but I was like, biker gang in DC, what's going on? Oh, they must be, uh, here for the women's march. Yeah. (laughs) I had two thoughts. I actually ran into Marco unexpectedly, uh, right around the first spotting of llamas, uh, in the streets. And yes, there were llamas uh, out there. Or are they alpacas? That's... Yeah, one or the other. But they they usually aren't on Eighth uh, Street where I where I ran into you. <laughs> um, but but really, guys, uh, just was kind of shocked. Uh, I I just assumed that most people were out there protesting the UV logo. Uh, maybe not so or, much or as... the existence of them as a team in general. Yeah, um, rightfully right. so, man. That that UV that UV logo is uh, it's it's just I don't know. Like you know, you open up paint. And uh, you close your eyes, and there you go, Juve, Juve logo, right I don't there. Know, I, th- I think it's, I think it's like Rough Riders to me. Remember DMX's old crew back in the day. I don't know, Marco. Maybe you were, you were too young when they were out to be able to buy CDs with 
explicit lyrics on it, but yeah. hopefully, hopefully Rough Riders Anthem is the, is the song that Juve comes out to, except for it's got to be anti-racism because there's, there's a lot of racially insensitive uh, uh, language in that song if you are not DMX or yeah. a Rough Rider. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was uh, the, the first day, but then uh, Marco's right. Saturday's March. Uh, if you're a Palermo fan, it was the perfect day for you. Because I have never seen that much pink uh, on the D.C. streets. Uh, honestly, very impressive for the Women's March. Uh, it, that was incredible how many people were out on the streets. Yeah, you thought it was almost like an NFL game during Breast Cancer Awareness Month about how much pink was out there. Yeah. Shamelessly rock the, the Palermo jerseys. I like it. Yep. Yep. Would have been a good day for it. So uh, the, the last thing I think we say, just, hey, look, two days for democracy, whatever your political opinions are. Um, we had a smooth transition of power and, uh, and a peaceful march with no arrests. And if you really want to commemorate it, check out Donald Trump's website. He has a whole bunch of merchandise on there, <laughs> hawking uh, uh, shirts and hats and stuff yeah. about, about him being the 45th president. So he's a businessman. Now he's a business man. So speaking of uh, President Trump and democracy, uh, Tad, you found uh, some more democracy in the world. Nice transition, Chris. Yes, yes. I read an article... And I saw on Twitter today that the 2018 World Cup draw in Russia, about a year from now, is going to be held at the Kremlin. Can you imagine that? You're the person, like, how much you'd be sweating Putin there just, like, staring at you in that, like, yeah. that mafioso, like, <laughs> everything's okay, but you're going to die. You know, kind of thing. Like, the guy pulling out of the hat and, and Russia and Group A has fre. Uh, 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 Azerbaijan, uh, another one, German, uh, no, Costa Rica. <laughs> just, just like, just pull, pull through it. And the last in the group is forfeits. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, definitely getting excited for World Cup draw. It's crazy to think it's only a, a you think, year away. Do you think Putin will have a shirt on during that draw? I hope not. <laughs> and, I, and I hope there's like, just like he, like he gets a massive chess piece tattoo and just standing there, you know, on a horse. Looking down at you, overlooking, yeah, like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, man's kind of jacked. Got to yeah. give it to him. Oh, yeah. Of course. Uh, so yeah, so looking forward to that. That's a year away uh, uh, for for the World Cup. Um, let's turn our attention, guys, uh, back to Italy here. Um, we did have some sad news coming out there. The, um, our thoughts to the avalanche victims, uh, the Rigo Piano Hotel, massive avalanche up in Abruzzo in central Italy. Still digging through the rubble. Um, you guys saw this. Uh, we're, we're happy to say there were some survivors. Yeah, hats off to the rescuers. And, uh, you know, just a sad moment. I, I saw that Serie kind of got together for, for a bunch of moment of silences. And, uh, again, it's been all over the news. It's been a couple of days now. Uh, really, our, our, our hearts with the families and, and everybody involved there. Tough run again for Abruzzo. Remember, they had a few years back the massive... Um, earthquake there um you know it just it, it's italy just a wonderful traditional place that you know bands behind um you know bands together when something when a tragedy happens yep for syria i'd have to say guys this is the biggest news coming out from last week is this new logo that we've talked about uh from juve but just the first time you saw it last week uh just your first initial impression what'd you think i just thought that you know who cut the who cut the Japanese restaurant sign in half? <laughs> yeah, uh, Marco, your dad texted me. The only time he's ever texted me 
directly was this video and I'm sitting there and, and, I, and it's, it's the Juventus logo and I hit on it and it's like, you know, this, this beautiful montage, like very well put together, seems very legit and like put up by Juventus. And I'm like, what the heck is Massimo sending me this for? Like, maybe he knows that since we did the Serie A podcast, you know, this is going to have some, you know, help in the, uh, you know, going forward or like, you know, help contribute to the podcast. We can discuss about it. And it goes through and then at the end of it. Um, it, it has Juventus and then the logo and it goes in and it's the, the piping in a toilet and it says Merda. <laughs> so, as, you know, I, hats off to Masi for, you know, finding humorous ways to make fun of a rival team. But I think that was kind of like the overall thing. I mean, just people blowing up on social media about how upset they were and how stupid it is. And, you know, they, what's going on here. I didn't see one positive reaction. Well, it sounded like he get uh, he succeeded in giving us some some material yeah it's uh it's definitely weird uh looking at the past uh crests that they ha- they've had this is the first one in a while where they haven't had the torino bowl i i it's just weird it's just weird from the team's perspective they're approaching it that hey look we went with a futuristic uh model or, or logo it's minimalistic and we actually put out on social media right there's a there's an article on uh, uh, the designer uh, that you guys can check out. Yeah, a little, little megalomaniacal, that guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little well, delusions of grandeur. Right now, guys, how long does this, is, 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 does the UVA, new UVA logo stick around to stay, or do you think it, it goes away after a while? This depends on if they win the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, it's a good luck charm. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it's going to be fine for a few years, but teams change their logos. That's, it just is a common thing, so... Uh, I think this is it for, yeah, for I mean, at least a few years. Roma freaked out when they took the AS right. away from the crest. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's so right. Yeah. Doing the whole thing. Yeah, fans get possessive about the uh, the logo for sure. Ah, now I got to get a new tattoo. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, keeping it with Serie A news, uh, some, some lucrative teams in our league. Uh, there's four Serie A clubs in the top 20 uh, richest teams uh, in, in soccer uh, in the world. Yeah, that's according a- to Deloitte's football money league which has kind of been the standard on this for the past you know 15 or so years yep so ted who are who's uh in there any usual suspects well i mean there's two big things that that glare out on this one um you know obviously juventus is number one they made 341.1 million last year um number one of the of the, the sorry the Serie A teams are 10th in the world um and they actually saw like broadcast dollars and attendance dollars go down but, you know, selling the kit sponsorship to Adidas, you know, the U of A being the brand. So tying that into with the new, you know, Juventus logo is you got a lot of people in the world now that have to buy a bunch of new Juventus gear. Um, but the other big <laughs> thing to take away about it is that Roma, for the first time in club history, surpassed Milan and Inter. And so, you know, we, we, we've been talking a lot or, you know, a, a between us and not so much on the on the podcast about, you know, James Pilata's vision um, you know, the stadium being halted, you know, uh, um, us missing out on Champions League. And the fact that apparently Rome has Roma and James Pilato, they have not had a year in the black yet. But they're obviously doing something right by having, you know, continuing to grow and then surpassing two of the biggest clubs in the world. The next one would be the 16th place is Milan. They had 160.6 million. And then I believe is 18th um, Inter. No, sorry. 19th. Yeah, 19th. Um, came in um, with 134 million. So three of the traditional teams you would think of, but Roma on the rise. You know, keep keep going, keep going, Jalo Rossi. But you, you can get on the bandwagon right here, everybody. That's right. That's right. Good stuff. It's good stuff. We yeah. need a Scudetto. 
Yep, good for the league. Uh, happy to see that report that uh, Syria is doing well. We also want to draw everyone's attention. Uh, Tag Bio. We've talked about this company out in San Francisco before. Um, they released an article, non-specific to Roma, but but just kind of used it as a case study. Uh, proprietary reasons makes sense. Um, but just the highlights of this article. Uh, so so Tag Bio is a data metrics company uh, that that Roma's been working with. Um, the highlights of the article, video is persuasive for coaches and players and data metrics like event tags and player tracking are two important things that they follow and, and how those two work together. If you're interested in data um, and, and how it's affecting the sports world, uh, definitely recommend you, you check out the article. And we also tweeted out, uh, we, we had the privilege of uh, interviewing these guys back in August out in San Francisco. Uh, so please check that out again. It's up on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes uh, during the August uh, 2016. I'm I'm very much interested in the data, and I'm still very sad that he died in Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> good uh, good reference there. But but yeah, if you're into data metrics, check it out, and and also hope that you know even if you're not a Roma fan, you better hope that your your team, whether Serie A or anywhere else in the world. Uh, Data is here, and uh, hope that your your team is using uh, a, a company like TagBio. So yeah, and go back and listen and rate and comment to Chris's Trans Continental interview with TagBio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank thank you guys again for doing that. Uh, turning our attention to social media and AS Roma three hundred and sixty. Uh, first thing we want to mention is some, an account we don't have or use, I think, uh, but but some some soccer news with Snapchat. Uh, Tad, why don't you talk about that one? Yeah, so Snapchat put out lenses for like 20 or so big Euro clubs. So, you know, let's say you want to do a Juventus filter and then you're going to have a weird J coming out of your head and confetti flying, you know, how they all do that. Or it contorts your face to look like Fatboy G. Um, you know, if, if you are... Uh, uh, What's a good one? Do like a face swap with Fatboy G, <laughs> or or that like you know if, if you're if you're a fan of of you know like Palermo immediately you have a mustache or something like that. Um, the one that I gotta think though is like Crystal Palace. Like, is their filter you're just Heisenberg, like holding <laughs> holding blue blue meth? Because <laughs> Crystal Palace is a name of a meth den. Is we need right? to get into the app making business and start, you know, for Pescara, you know, we get the water shooting out the blowhole. If you're <laughs> yeah. Crotone, you can it, just, It's just Chris's you face. Just, you just have, if you're Crotone, you just have like, you know, green fumes and flies frying around you. No way, man. Pythagoras or sharks. That's what theirs would be. <laughs> they no, got funny there. Just a rotting pile of garbage. No. I think it's probably what's going to happen. Forza croutons. If, 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 you, if you're OTFR, you just have a big fascist eagle on your forehead. Yeah. The other one would be Juve with if you're a Judge Dredd or Sylvester Stallone fan, just looking like super futuristic. Let's see if uh, that comes about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you're on Snapchat, uh, check out if your club is has one of these new Snapchat things. I don't think Roma does yet. We didn't see them in there. Uh, but another way to support your team. Yeah, Russell Crowe, you just you just get a DeRossi beard. Yeah. Um, for the social media that we are on, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We got an email at fabio at curveamerica.com. You can hit us up there. Uh, we're also on a new uh, website for us anyway, AS Roma 360. We've got a, a special tab on there that has our most recent um, podcasts on there. If you're into that and, and want to get some some great articles on, on AS Roma. Um, yeah, guys, a AS Roma 360 is a fan site to AS Roma. 
It's super comprehensive. There's tons of information there. Go on, check it out. Under the podcast tab, you're basically just going to see a mini version of our website, more content. Uh, you know, It's a growing website. They'll have more and more content dedicated to, to AS Roma, us being you know, a kind of shameless Roma homers. Of course, we want to have everything to do with, with AS Roma. So, Stefano, shout out to you. Thanks so much for having us on the website. Um, we think it's going to be a great thing, so check it out. Grazie, Stefano. Grazie, Stefano. See, uh, we'll keep out, keep up with the shout outs here. Um, want to mention the few people that uh, reached out to us on social media. Jeffrey out on Facebook. Thanks for letting us know you like the pod. We appreciate hearing, uh, hearing back from you. Jeffrey, uh, when I read that from you, when we asked if you could give us, if there's any you know, feedback, yet, you said, no, it's great. I immediately went out and bought a puppy <laughs> and I gave it to a child in a wheelchair. Okay. Uh, our other buddy Thomas uh, out there on SoundCloud, appreciate it. I think he's also uh, following us on Facebook, so so keep it up there. We appreciate the feedback. Thomas, I'm going to probably have to enlist you into just flyering people on the street. Like if you could just go hand out our business card to people because, man, you're a good fan. Yep. And uh, at Curve Hang- American. You're a great Curve American. There you go. And at Hang the DJ, uh, another stellar fan. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, interacting with our social media. Please keep it up. Please let us know uh, what you think of the show. So Duke of Duchess at Hang the DJ, my question is, is your name actually Hang? Because if so, that's sweet. If it's not, I'm sure whatever you have, name you have is super sweet as well. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we're, we're always asking for questions guys, but even if you have, just have comments, uh, what you like, what you don't like, uh, please send them in to our social media accounts and be sure to rate and comment on iTunes. Um, once we get 25 rates and comments on iTunes, I will consider getting rate and comment tattooed <laughs> somewhere on my body. All right, Tad, the, the, my, my five head. All right. All right. My, my front two teeth. How about that? We'll pierce your ears. <laughs> All right. To Copa Italia, the uh, March Madness tournament going on during the Serie A season. Marco's got some results for us and is going to tell us about the upcoming games this week. Inter Genoa ended 3-2. to two. Murillo with that bicycle kick goal of the week. Definitely Ooh. goal of the week. Goal of the week candidate for sure. Cesena knockout Sassuolo, who, you know, Sassuolo, poor... Poor ex-Cinderella team here because and we have to call them ex-Cinderella at this point because, you know, they're done. Chesena, 20th place in Serie B. In the Serie B danger zone. That's <laughs> actually worse than Spezia beating Roma last year. Yeah. Speaking of Roma, they wax Sampdoria. They just wax them out. Oh Sampdoria, they got no hair left. For nothing. <laughs> OTFR versus Genoa. It was a goal storm, 4-2. to two. OTFR goes through. Guys, we have... A Coppa Italia quarterfinal for you for everybody here this week Tuesday Napoli Fiorentina Wednesday Juve Milan Tuesday next week the 31st Inter plays OTFR and next Wednesday February 1st Roma up against Cesena let's hope that Cesena's burnt out from uh, that, how, how many water. times are Juventus and Milan gonna play this yeah. year but I'm more interested in the two seed playing the 15 seed with Roma and Cesena man <laughs> oh god if, I mean like this is a game that Roma loses. Like, as a Roma fan, like, every once in a while, there's one it's just a bat to the face. But not anymore, right? We're going to talk about that in a little bit, a little foreshadowing. All right. Very good. So the March Madness of, of, it, of Italy keeps moving forward, and uh, looking forward to those games. 
So guys, let's let's turn our attention to week 21 and start breaking it down in the rundown. So we encourage everybody to sit back, enjoy your coffee or olive oil from Marco out there, uh, and just enjoy the show. Me and me and Tad have our coffee that is not six days old, which I'm happy to report. But uh, it is 8.45 p.m., so yeah. Les is going to enjoy me banging two pots together and playing a gazoo in mm-hmm. my underwear at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. But I'm enjoying it nonetheless. Having so. a bark off with pepper. <laughs> Let's go to the rundown. Juventus extends their home unbeaten streak over OTFR. Roma pull out another gutsy win. Napoli via Insigne and Mertens are once again fantastic. They're on fire. Torino make a big stumble in the league, and Matri notches his second straight brace as Sassuolo continue to rise in the league. And we'll again discuss the transfer window with the sexiest of all rumors, the Pjanic-Alexi Sanchez swap. So let's take it to the top five. First up, we got the first place team Juve playing OTFR. This one finishes 2-0 in Juve's favor. Juve take care of OTFR with two goals from guess who? That's right. Two goals from your two bombers. Uh, Pretty even game, honestly. But in the end, uh, Juve has the quality. They have uh, uh, Dybala scoring using that magical left foot. Man, really, when when he lays that laces it with his left foot you know it's going in the goal if it's on frame and uh yeah i mean you know these are the kind of goals that keep you awake at 6 30 in the morning when you're watching the game over in the u.s yeah, this rough start time this was an early one guys I, I i pulled the smart thing i read the tv guide and i, re- I watched the replay at noon yeah and not only that be in two a Syria game, a Syria replay on the same day. Yeah. Mark and I were talking. We just anytime the Syria is on BN, we're just going to leave the TV on. Everyone out there, if you have a BN subscription, even if you go to the pub to watch the game, just leave, just leave it on the Syria game yeah. so we can get those numbers up. Keep the numbers up. That's I right. Like that. So Cuadrado, who I think was the man of the match in this game, and I think uh, who scored uh, agrees with me. He puts the ball on a platter for Fat Boy G to feast. And it's 2 nothing. Uh, even though TFR, like I said, pretty even game, only 7 to 11 in shots. Uh, you know, it actually f- tipped uh, OTFR's way, Juve with a little more possession. Buffon had to just make a couple saves. You know, the, the thing that really stood out is that Immobile is really just disappointing. Uh, I don't think he has a shot the whole game. Uh, Anderson, Felipe Anderson looking dangerous, but. You know, just just not enough. I mean, guys, it's, it's it's tough though with him though because I mean he did have seven tackles and five shots on goal this game, but like there has to be somebody besides him that's working for them to get these chances created. Immobile has been their goal scorer. I mean, for the past few games, that's their only threat at least recently. Yep, and uh, you know, end of the game, uh, I think that OTFR just was not good enough, and they had they had a chance. You know, they could have gotten within a point of Napoli. But with this loss, you know, Juve has not been beaten at home since October of 2015. 64 <laughs> goals for and 9 goals against in that span. Like, guys, we've talked about it Ewey. before. Juve's defense, incredible. But I want to focus on one thing here. 
uh, and that's the formation up front because they had Iguain up top where you may have be expecting someone like Mandzukic with his size and his abilities to be, but Mandzukic is actually on the left wing, Cuadrado out on the right, that's where he, he likes to hang out, and then Dybala kind of playing a withdrawn forward, almost like attacking midfielder. What do you guys think about that? Well, here's the thing is they need to find a way to keep Mandzukic on the field. Um, and Juventus, obviously, they can change formations and whatnot. I mean, we see like the return of Asamo in this game, who we haven't seen in a long time. But, um, you know, in the Serie A anyways. But to be able to get keep Mandzukic on the field, I mean, that's to me, if, if Cuadrado is playing up to his, you know, up to his potential, it's really hard to account for him because he's super fast out on the right. You have Mandzukic on the left with his size. Dybala can shoot from distance as well as anybody in the uh, in the Serie A. And, you know, Iguain wreaks havoc because he can score with his back to goal. He can score facing a goal. He can catch volleys out of the air. And when you look at the goal that Dybala scored off the header from Mandzukic, he got lobbed over the top by Benucci. Mandzukic heads it right down. Dybala blasts it through. This is the nightmare that the Serie A and the Champions League do not want to see with Dybala and Iguain just going off and having size and speed around them that can feed them Absolutely. the ball. Absolutely. I agree. It was the most aggr- aggressive offensive lineup that they put out there, I, I read, uh, according to some opinions out there. So, um, you know, that 2 nothing score, that'll do it for them. Uh, what, what I got to say about OTFR, though, guys, in this game is like, okay, I'm just going to preface this at like just the this, this sight of OTFR makes me sick to my stomach. I, I am not a fan. I'm quite the opposite. Um, in fact, I think I saw Ratlich in town on Friday leading a biker gang down to the Trump inauguration. Um, but that being said, to go down 2-0 in this game so early, lesser teams would have been routed. And it's it's no great shame to you know have two of the best players in Serie A put it to you right away. Credit to them for hanging around, keeping their composure, and not keeping this a blowout. They just—it's just that that BBBC back lineup is is really hard to score on, especially when they can sink back and they don't have to you, you know they don't have to bring the attack to you. So just you know, I, I mentioned that you know OTFR could have gotten within a point of of Napoli, but just looking ahead a little bit here, you know they're four points out from third right now, and Inter has sneaked up behind them. They're one point away. OTFR plays. Pescara next week. They should be able to wrap that point up, and we got ourselves a game at Inter Milan uh, in two in a couple weeks here. So in a week and a half, I'm sorry. Yeah, mark your calendars. That's going to be a big one. Big one. So right, other than that, you know, again, that that pretty much wraps up the game. Uh, I think that we need to talk about the transfer market here because Juve, although they haven't really been going for big names uh, up to this point in the transfer market. I think there was a big rumor going around, swirling around the world uh, this past week. What did you see, Ted? Yeah, so what I saw blow up on social media and actually even have a couple writers out there comment on it. And, and in fact, even some like clip art put together around there is you know probably the sexiest transfer rumor we've seen so far. And that's a Pjanic-Alexi Sanchez swap. Where you know Juventus is looking to make a splash, you know they uh, 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 they think that with Alexi Sanchez in this lineup, with the likes of Iguain and Dybala, can be one of the most powerful uh, tridents going forward in the league. Um, but it has it has to be trash. You don't spend all you know. I mean, they guess they got Pjanic for a deal, but like you don't 
bring him in, have him fill the role he's been in, have him you know fit your system and play to the standard that he's been playing, only to dump him for Alexis Sanchez. So, Marco, I guess my question to you is: is you know why do these transfer rumors happen? That they're big, splashy things. There's a lot of reaction, but everybody kind of knows that it's just made up. I personally think that these things are driven by the agents. The agents are constantly, uh, you know, talking with media. They have friends in the media, or they're help. They're hooking somebody up with some information so that you know the person can say. Or, you know, so the person can have credible quote unquote information. But when agents also do this, they're 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 up in the stock of their players, you know, maybe you know, turning the world's attention to their player. It it adds a, a mental aspect to the game. It's it's all it's all mind games, you know what I'm saying? So it's uh it's interesting, it's it's highly improbable. I think what we really should be looking at is Ebra Kalasinich. That swap over there is is looking a little bit more likely. Although Shaka is, has denied Kol- the Kolasinic, oh, you don't bit. say. Uh, Evra thinking he might be staying. He's flopping. He you know flip flopping here and there. But Evra is an experienced player. And I guess my question to you guys is: Should he leave? I mean, the you saw Asamo this weekend. Obviously, Alexander is has been good. What do you think, Chris? I, I still say I want to go back to first with Tad of just this is a positive that the US sports systems get right. That I've said this before on the pod. I hate the transfer market because we have a system here that if a player's gonna go, it's only reported once the deal is done or it's imminent. And all of this it just feels like gossip to me that I, I just don't like it. Yeah, they call it rumors. I know, but there's so much of it that we get so worked up over it for nothing. Yeah, we're so. on track six to chain right now in the room in the in the transfer Fleetwood Mac transfer rumors right. uh, album. Yeah. So it, it just gets old for me. Um, as far as specifics with Evra, I, I still say with Juventus and Tad, you've already you you mentioned SMO, like all these great players. You've got to, you would be playing at other teams in other leagues who are in Champions League, who are uh, in Europa, things like that. At some point, you're going to have to leave Juve and get more playing time. I would want to leave and, and play. That's that's my take on it anyway. Well, I think for Patrice Evra, the thing is, is for him, it's better for him to stay at Juventus. Um, he only gets spotty, spotty playing time, but he's in his, you know, what, late 30s yeah. now? Um, and this is his big chance at getting a Champions League title. Um, for Juventus, it's kind of a take it or leave it. He's a big name. I'm, you know, from what you see from social media, he seems like a great guy to have around the clubhouse. I was going to say, who, who are they going to have to do all these posts? <laughs> That's uh, fair. He, I, had, yeah. he had a post this week with a little monkey on his shoulder. Uh, I don't know. It sounded like he was with like the French team. He was speaking French. Other weeks, he's he's doing videos of him rapping and singing. It's like, this guy oh, seems yeah. like a really cool guy yeah. in the locker room, too. I, yeah, I would that. I would want to party with Patrice Evra, but the fact of the matter for Juventus is... Up in the last significant playing time he saw was in the Supercoppa Italia uh, against Milan, and he got exposed in that game. He was completely unable to defend. Um, so he's an older guy, you know. Maybe he's sticking around as you know as 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 a a, a raw raw guy to have in a locker room, a seasoned veteran to help this you know this team go over. Apparently, from all we've read, just the machine that Juventus is. Maybe he's there to bring levity. Um, but you know, at, at any rate, I think for him, it's good for him to, to stay, uh, for his career. But you know, if, if, if Juventus needs a, a more solid player, 
maybe looks in other directions. How about for OTFR guys, real quick on their uh, transfer market moves? Yeah, they they were looking at this player El Gazi, but I think they they're losing out on him. So they're uh, turning their attention to the center mid Wallace from Gremio, and they you know they already have a Wallace in the back. So I think they're it's gonna start looking like where's Wallace up in here uh, every time that uh, you know they put out a starting lineup with no Wallaces in it, but. Um, besides that terrible joke, nothing really much else for <laughs> you, for, you, for OTFR. You bite your tongue, Marco. Any wire references we can put yes, out there? Yes, we I was, absolutely have. To I do. wasn't laughing; I was soaking it in. Soaking well, it in. I was I, actually a tear was was coming down my cheek when I thought about Bodie and Poot slaying their friend Wallace in the in the low rising housing project in season one, episode ten of The Wire. Nice. For what it's worth, if if people aren't familiar with The Wire. Michael B. Jordan, who is a famous movie star now, was Wallace in that. Highly recommend The Wire um, if, if you haven't seen it yet. All right, guys. So there's Juve. They're in first place with 48 points and OTFR in fourth with 40. Uh, let's move on to Roma now, who I'm happy to report is only one point behind the, the league leaders, admittedly with a game in hand. But they played Cagliari this, this week and finished with a one nothing win. Roma still stalking Juve uh, after this game. Overall, a pretty good game for the Loopy, no? Who are they playing again, Chris? Calgary. <laughs> what did I say? It's a tough one. You said Calgary. Like, okay. it, it was like a weird Italian pronunciation of Calgary. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like the, the hockey team. Yeah, and like, Theo <laughs> yeah. out there playing. The, the Flames of Calgary. Right? Yeah, guys, <laughs> you know, Juve is, like you said, man, it's like they're just, they're getting stalked right now by the Loopy. You know, they can sniff them. They're real close, but... It's uh, an overall just a, a solid performance. I just I have to you know tip my hat once again. This actually, you know what? I'm not gonna tip my hat. I'm gonna cheers my shot of olive oil to you, Jekyll. All right, the Jekyll tradition continues. Marco is going to drink down a shot it. of olive oil. He did it. Hashtag Marco Chin Chin. <laughs> a new segment we're gonna have here where Marco oh salutes Enjoy. something in the Syria. I just have to say, guys, that you love it. You love every the, minute of Whatever that. process they're using it to make it extra extra virgin is just like <laughs> tickling the throat. Mark, we're getting another picture than that because you look terrible right now. All right. How's this look? <laughs> Even, I, I mean, I don't think you're going to, I don't think Zoolander 3 is going to be calling you from this picture. But oh, that's good. It's going to be a short-lived tradition. Look, All right. Roma dominate the game. I mean, in the first half, I remember asking people next to me, is like, did, uh, did Cagliari have the ball? In the mm-hmm. last 20 minutes, you know what I mean? Like 18 to 8 in shots uh, and possession is completely lopsided. You know, it's just uh, culminates in a Jekyll goal in the 55th that, you know, it's just, it kind of, it, it, it paints a picture of, of Roma where they're at right now. You know, they're, they're fighting hard, uh, you know, for, the, for every point this, this season. And Jekyll's goal, he, you know, ball comes in from, from Rudiger, who came in earlier this season from off injury. He's back in, in great shape. And uh, Jekyll just bodies his way into the, into the six-yard box. Great finish, slams it home. Guys, it's it just, like I said, it's, they're grinding out these wins now. And it, there is this feeling among the Roma faithful. And I talked about it with some of the guys from Corva DC. You know, that Roma's just different this year. And, it, you know, why? why? Why do you guys think that? Well, first of all, um, I think Rudiger is going to demand that he plays on the wing next week, um, and if they if he gets put in the in, in a fullback position, he's just going to go rogue. 
call his own play. The difference is to me is the coaching Spalletti, um, Rudy Garcia. When times got tough, you know he didn't he didn't get tough. He got going, and you know Roma would get in these mad slumps that it it really just took some soul searching for them to fight out, you know, and, and bring in some new blood in a transfer window or something for them to get out of these funks. Um, so I really think a lot of it has to do with Spalletti. He's, you know, he's brought in kind of that, um, you know, drill sergeant mentality that, and, 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 you know, pretty much made it about pride for this team. But I also think another thing that has to go on that is just the, the, the return of Strutman has been huge. The continued growth of Nangalan has been huge. The resurgence of DeRossi being, you know, essentially a box to box midfielder. He was my man of the match this game. And Fazio out of nowhere, guys. Fazio has been a revelation the past four or five weeks. I, I agree with everything Tad just said. Um, I have one question for you guys. Last year, in the springtime anyway, we were dealing with the issue of Toti, you know, getting playing time and things like that. Is that something else that's different this year from last year that we're just not dealing that much with as much drama, it seems, on that issue? As much as we would love to see him play more, it's not a weekly story of how why he isn't playing. But you, you know that that's a great question. It actually ties in perfectly with the you know the question before. It's I think that Roma's different this year. You know, yes, Spalletti's different than than uh, Rudy Garcia, but I think that this year you're seeing a coming together of the pieces that Roma's been building for like the last like three four years. You know. This, other than Pjanic, this transfer window, they pretty much kept everybody. You know, the group's pretty tight-knit. And, you know, they're, I mean, you also lost Dinge, but he was really young. You brought in some really good pieces, people coming back from injury. And everywhere I see on Roma's team right now has depth. I may say that, you know, you could bring in Totti for Jekyll. They're a little bit different type players. But everywhere else, there is a massive amount of depth depth we have Salah on the bench we're looking at players like Defrel like really good players to come in for the wings even though Sharawi's coming into his own Perotti's playing really well guys I think it's all about depth and coming together at the right time um, that's why I think Roma feels different this year how about for uh, Cagliari in this game did I say it right Cagliari 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 all right chief pronunciators on the pod how did they do in this game I mean, they're, you know, it, it, they, they fought, but they just, they don't have an attack that, that, that got totally shut down. And their defensive woes continue. Roma really put it to him. Bruno Alves has become a total liability out there. I saw that he's conceded the most goals of any center back in the league with 44. I'm pretty sure they uh, took one of the buses from the women's march uh, this weekend and just parked it in front of their goal. Uh, the four, four in the back again. Uh, it, it really felt like in the most of this game, the only way we were going to score a goal if it was going to be uh, from distance. Yeah, they played the Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barella played decent, but like Tad just said, you know, team just got overwhelmed. How about uh, let's go to my favorite uh, part of this: uh, the transfer market. Starting off with uh, Roma here. Uh, what have you guys seen uh, with, with that? Well, the number one question for the transfer window for Roma, I mean, we'll talk about some additions in a second, but is if they keep Manolas, um, you know, Inter supposedly is now in the mix for him and is going to offer, you know, 40 million again, you know, the hot button thing that's happening in the United States right now is that fake news. 
Um, you know, I think he's really unlikely to move in January. I think there's a possibility he'd go in the summer, but they're just trying to get his dollars up. Um, but you know, for, I know for the Roma faithful, we've, we've given away, we've sold off so many quality defensive players, Romagnoli, Benatia, you know, right when they come into their own and right when the defense is really, really, um, you know, gelling, whether or not he stays is the big question. I think it's all about the results. Okay, and not much for Cagliari in the transfer market. Moving on. Nice, to, Chris. Thank you. All right, to the third-place team, Napoli. They're taking on Milan. This was a great game this weekend. Finished with the score 1-2. Napoli carves up Milan with two quick goals in this game, putting the Rossoneri away. And uh, really quick goals here. So Insigne gets Napoli going early in the sixth minute. Uh, left-footed curler to the top far corner. Goal of the week candidate for me. Uh, and then they strike again in the ninth with Callihon, Tad's favorite word to say. <laughs> there you go. He takes a beautiful through ball from Mertens and five holes Donnarumma, 2 nothing early. That was going to be enough for this game. Uh, all the scoring in this game wraps up in the first half with Milan's Kuka finishing a through ball in the 36th minute. And uh, question for the group, guys, for, for two powerhouse teams here. Milan drops to seventh with this game. Admittedly, only three points behind fourth place. But and they have a game in hand. With a game in hand. Are you buying or selling on Milan with a team that's restricted with no opportunity for big money signings here with the, with the transfer window? I'm buying all the way. They got youth players that are, are growing by the day. And every single week, you seem to see somebody new in, this, in the lineup that is youthful and, and, and playing well. They're coming into their own. And, you know, quite frankly, as they're growing, they're still maintaining their position in the in the table. It's it's just extremely impressive. I'm 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 really pro mean on this year. I'm just really impressed with what they're doing. Well, guys, they're at I think exactly the same place they were at this time last year, but this team is not last year's team. This team is much better. And I think What's happening here is, you know, they uh, uh, they're playing a lot of tough competition in a row. And this kind of portion of the table, this, you know, uh, three through nine in the table are all quality teams that are capable of beating each other, unlike other leagues. And so, you know, you look at this team, it's stacked, it's young, it has flashes of brilliance. I mean, we did we don't see Locatelli this game. We don't see, you know, uh, uh, Romagnoli this game. Um, you know, all sitting out for because of yellow cards, um, you know, it might be a completely different result. And 2-1, um, you know, admittedly they, lose that, they lost at home, um, you know, is it, not the result they want. But at this point, I think that they got to be happy and they're surging. Montel has been a great coach. I, I'm buying. Yeah, it's good for the league. They got a big name out there. But I think also, too, we might as well talk about their transfer stuff now, guys. Um, Biggest news this week, uh, Delafoe, uh, he did sign, in fact, uh, for the remainder of the 2017 season. Estimated deal, $750,000 transfer fee. He's getting a million-dollar salary, uh, wearing the number seven. So uh, those are big big uh, shoes to fill for, for you, uh, Delafoe. Um, but that's going to be good for them, right? I mean, for, for a team that's not going to spend a lot of money, pretty good pickup, no? Yeah, he's got big shoes to fill after a Jeremy Manitz did nothing with it. <laughs> no, but seven is 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 a, it's a big, uh, it's big, a big number. number. Yep, for sure. Uh, Delefo is youth, 
youthful player. He's uh, he's got some talent. As I watched him at Everton, um, and I just think that he's gonna be another one of those dynamic players you, that brings uh, the energy. Tad, do you remember the group LFO? Yeah, it was. I like girls who wear yeah. Abercrombie and fish. fish. Yep. Yeah. Every time I see his name, that's what I think of. That's that's actually he's gonna have to be. Abercrombie, we're coming. We're, we're gonna. I'm gonna come up with a hot one for him. Yeah, I'm gonna come up with a hot nickname for him. Think of the boy band LFO. No, for, that's definitely that where nickname. I'm going with it. What right. does LFO stand for? I think. I don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not worth looking up. <laughs> Lazy fat onions. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. Turning our attention to uh, uh, Napoli here, who is just. In my opinion, guys, the hottest team in Syria right now. Juve stumbled last week. Uh, nobody is putting down Napoli. They get two quick goals in this one. What do you think? I mean, uh, Champions League is a little far away, but Real Madrid, if they can keep this up, you know, maybe a little bit nervous for the Champions League game. Well, the thing about Napoli is, is they haven't had the same string of results that Roma has. Um, they have a they have a loss or a draw in there somewhere in the past couple of weeks. But the way that they're playing, I mean, Mertens is just incredible right now. Um, I mean, he could add a hat trick in this game if he wasn't shooting on arguably the best goalie in the world right now. I mean, a couple of cat-like reflexes um, from Donnarumma kept Mertens from, I mean, his third hat trick of the year. And they're just finding each other, and they're doing it with speed. They're cutting people up. Um, Yeah, it's just beautiful to watch right now. Almost a play-of-the-year candidate uh you say Mertens, uh, you know, he's obviously been huge this season, but Insigne, guys. Oh, yeah. There was one play, he got the ball, and he did a quick cut and tried to chip Donnarumma from right at the like end. 40 out. I mean, this guy has all the talent in the world. And um, Mertens, though, post-game, eating a bowl of pasta in the presser. <laughs> most it, Italian thing yeah, ever. Yeah, hashtag most Italian thing ever. And who is it? Sorry said that... Um, he is now more Italian than he is Bel- Napoleon than he is Belgian. <laughs> yeah. Um, Xander doesn't like to hear that. Xander uh, of the Roma Club, anytime there's a Belgian anywhere, anything, he's screaming, look, it's a Belgian! <laughs> and stealing BN account numbers. How about for the transfer market? Uh, probably the biggest news for um, Napoli and Milan, uh, frankly. Milan want Napoli's Gabbiadini here, the same Gabbiadini who was out of harmony with Napoli and was inevitably going to be uh, traded in the transfer market. What do you think, guys? We're almost done with the transfer market. Is Gabbiadini going to stay? Well, it looks like they're going to lower their price because they really want to get rid of him. And there's 15 teams that are associated with him um, you know, that, that, that want him. And they've basically come out before and said they're going to sell him. Look, it, I mean, to me, there's, there's, there's just really no convincing me that they're not going to get rid of him. I think he's out. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, just way too much talk at this point. You know, you keep him, he's just demoralized. Um, definitely agree there. All right, so Napoli is right behind Roma with 44 points, uh, three, one game away uh, to, to tie for second. And uh, Milan, like we said, dropping down 37 points. They're down in seventh place, but only three points away from fourth. Let's keep going, guys, and we're going to take on Inter, who is streaking right now against lowly Palermo. Inter get get away with this one, uh, one nothing, and ten men Inter extend their winning streak to the eighth straight victory over Palermo down in Sicily. Tad, you got this one. Yeah, I mean, get him, Tad. I, I'm get. I'm gonna rip my shirt off. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna run you down. I'm gonna get you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, th- this game, 
know, there's only one score. Joe Mario scores a winner coming off the bench, you know, in the 60th minute. Um, and you see a couple of disciplinary things. Ansaldi uh, for Inter gets a double yellow and sent off. And then there's a, a last minute, you know, stoppage time red card for Palermo. Um, but while the score shows only a 1-0 victory, Inter was in full control from start to finish. They dominated possession 60-40, which is that sweet spot they say you should win every time. Um, and they dominate shots 16-6. to um, You know, but Palermo weren't even able to get get a, sh- get a shot on target, you know. Uh, um, and outside of that double yellow that I mentioned by Ansaldi that saw him off in the 80th, um, the back lineup of, of Gagliardini in the center defensive mid role had you know Inter shut down everything that Palermo was coming their way. Murillo is tackling, you know, taking from his his goal scoring opportunities. Uh, his, his amazing goal in midweek was just unbelievably formidable, in my opinion. Just man of the match. But I think from this game, guys, that Gagliardini and Kondreva down the right is combo the Serie A has to really look out for. Both had straight dimes dropped on Icardi. He wasn't able to convert, but it really took um, you know nice saves uh, for that to happen. Gagliardini, guys, is the next big thing in Serie A. He was, you know, first half of the season really showing, you know, he, that he's a, a young, bright star at Atalanta. He steps in right away at Inter, you know, doesn't lose a stride, and this guy is, you know, he's orchestrating the midfield for for Inter it's it's amazing and now Inter has some real depth in the midfield they got they have Joe Mario now they're super sub Joao Mario they got Ever Banega they got Brosevich who's been playing well now they got Gagliardini they have Kondobia whenever they need the defensive uh you know grit in there I think Gary Medel is hanging out somewhere right now <laughs> just probably you know chained up I think his ear bowl. I think his ears just perked up he's like you guys mentioning me he's like Pepper when I you know when, when I say his name it's just even if he's dead asleep he just pops up springs to his feet I, I love Gary Medel he's a beast so anyways yeah I just think that you know Inter's looking good and they got the depth uh and they got the quality so guys uh the question here for uh, Inter is, is uh, their coach, Pioli. Would you say he's the long-term solution that they're looking for? I mean, after eight straight wins, we haven't heard anything about Simeone in, you know, in the past two months. But Atletico Madrid is, uh, you know, they're stumbling here and there. I saw they tied Bilbao this week. Um, you know, I was thinking that too when I saw Pioli today. It's, it's all going to come down to if they get into Champions League or Europe. You know, it's, it all depends on the results at the end of the season. And speaking of Pioli, guys, the Zamperini stuff with Palermo is just out of this world. <laughs> so he does this interview, you know, where he talks about uh, he he was it was wrong from the sack Pioli, like he's like still over, you know he's he still hung up on it, and he said I was wrong to sack him. I was eating my second testicle due to stress, and I had already eaten the first. When this comes out after you know seeing on Twitter. Um, that this guy named Zachary Riggs. So it, it could be unconfirmed, but once you hear that, you hear that last season um, Zamperini threatened to kill his players and he was going to cut off their testicles and eat them in his salad for being bleep. I mean, the question, guys, is, is what is up with Zamperini and eating testicles, man? Hey, man, he can eat whatever he wants, but Palermo's still garbage. <laughs> yeah. It is, uh, to my knowledge, to my heritage, not a uh, Sicilian delicacy. 
I only have one thing to say about Zamperini, man. For the love of all Sicilians out there, including myself, please sell the team. Please sell the team. What, what, what's, what, are, what are testicles to him then? Were they, what, what are they? Uh, uh, midfield oysters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are not. Just He should switch to Arancini or something. Dude, uh, dude needs to become a vegan or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> please sell the team. All right, so there, uh, there you go. You got streaking Inter there in fifth place now with 39 points, just a point behind OTFR. And we all know where Palermo is. Down in the danger zone with 10 points. The danger zone. <laughs> and Crotone, Crouton Nation, we are up over Palermo on goal differential. So there you have it. All right, guys. That'll take care of the top five. We're going to take a quick word from our sponsor and be right back with the middle of the pack. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. Middle of the pack now, we got Atalanta and Sampdoria. This one finished 1-0. Atalanta starts two 17-year-olds, and Papu Gomez converts a PK as Atalanta win at home. Tad, you got it. Yeah, Gasparini was uh, banned from this game. He actually has a two-game ban for, uh, for for talking that straight-ish to the ref so bad they had to put him in a timeout. Lieutenant Colombo. Yeah. Uh, he was he was watching, well, com- continuing with the comparisons, he was he did watch from the skybox, but he was telling everybody around him to be very, very quiet. Um, yeah, and, and Papu Gomez converts a, a, a PK after Patania draws a foul in the box, you know, trying to receive a cross. Patania, one of his better games of the season, he's really starting to pick it up. Definitely a foul, but made the most of it, for yeah, sure. As he, as he was bodying folks and throwing bows. Um, you know, the game was pretty well contested. You know, both sides were basically had the same game plan. They were trying to check attack down the left-hand side, and we might be talking about something a little bit different because the Razor Man himself, Schick, shanked a golden opportunity after two-on-one with him and Quags. What does Schick do? Schick shanked it. <laughs> Schick shanked it. Who doesn't love alliteration? Hashtag Schick shank. Go. I, I heard he shanked somebody in prison with his Schick razor after he shanked a goal in the in the in the. Uh... In keep, the game keep working on it, the guard, yeah, In say, the game against the guards, you you you, you, you work Calgary in there with Chris, and uh, you know we'll we'll, we'll uh, still in editing, and, and maybe our maybe our children will be able to be very articulate. Yes, yeah. So we got a Papu Gomez PK. You know, uh, uh, Atalanta get the big three points they need in Bergamo, but the big thing in this story is is the two seventeen year olds starting, um, Filippo Melagoni, who rocked the number ninety four jersey. Not to be outdone by Alessandro Bastoni, who rocked the number 95 jersey. 17-year-old starting in this game. Um, also, Atalanta signed Italy mid. Um, Italy U21 mid, Nicolo Fazzi, um, who's going to actually stay at Perugia until the end of next season. But people are calling him you know, the next Gagliardini. Um, He'll probably be wearing 96. Yeah. Well, is, is, if it's still available as fast as they're bringing up these youth players. But, I mean... Atalanta guys, is this the uh, uh, 
is is this ground zero for the golden generation? I think so. Between them and Milan, I think that they and uh, actually in Tor- and Torino as well. But <laughs> it's you know just absolutely love. I want Atalanta. one of these. I want one of these young Italians at Roma so bad. Yeah, I love Atalanta Stadium. I love everything about Atalanta right now. I mean, did you see before the game they had like these uh, you know in Glitter. the tifo they had all yeah. these like silver stuff and they had a, a sign that said Voglia di Europa. Good atmosphere for sure. Uh, how about for transfer stuff with these guys? The one story for Sampdoria this week is Cassano actually terminated his contract. Basically, he was frozen out for the last six months and <laughs> took the hint a week after his uh, uh, picture got taken down the website. He's like, deuces, um, duets. Um, and, uh, you know, apparently for the last time, for, you know, for the, for the entire season, he's actually been training separately and he's been traveling with the Primavera and stuff. So he hasn't been a part of this team. My guess is that all the ladies of, Bar- of, of Sampdoria up in, uh, up in Genoa are going to, are going to miss him or China going yeah. to China. You'll see him in China or Australia pretty soon. That's where I'm thinking. Yep. All right, guys. So we got Atalanta in sixth place. They got 38 points. So strong team. Keep dreaming of, uh, of uh, Europa, guys. Uh, great TFO. Keep it up. And uh, Sampdoria down at the bottom at 16 with 24 points. Let's keep it rolling, guys. Up next, we got Torino and Bologna. This one finished 0-2 in Bologna's favor. The Rosso Blue down the mighty bulls in front of their home fans. Marco, you got it. That's right. And they're led by two goals from uh, MLS bound Jim Eilie. This guy, man of the match performance, not only with the two goals, but just wreaking havoc all over the field. Scores one in the 43rd and then scores a second in the 83rd. The second one, you know, really stood out to me. It was a, it was a finish from somebody who used to play from Napoli and really just shows that he's got some class. Ball comes across his body to his weaker left foot, slots it just out of Joe Hart's reach in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, guys, the game's even in terms of shots and possession. And there's no Bellotti for this game um, because, you know, he, he, he had too many yellow cards. It was really surprising to see Maxi Lopez not on the field. But Mihailovic... Uh, you know, earlier this week, and he said it before. He said, uh, "Maxi, Maxi, you're a little too chubby, chubby." Yeah, apparently that that gym membership he gave him as a Christmas present didn't lay the hint on too much. Um, and Maxi Lopez has been straight posted up at the gelaterias all throughout uh, uh, Turin. What's good with all of these Argentinian chubbies, man? They too much vacío. That's what that is. I think it's one hand full of pasta and the other with a gelato cone, and, you know, watching everyone else practice. That's what got me when I was living in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, look, I think they could have used Maxi Lopez up top. But, you know, without Bellotti, Torino's, you know, goal scoring threat definitely reduced by a lot. And now, guys, it's sad to say that our ex-Cinderella's here, uh, Torino... You know, along with uh, Atalanta and, and XXX, Super X Cinderella's in Sassuolo. Now they're nine points out of fifth place, um, which is sad again because they had a great showing against Milan on, on Tuesday in the Coppa Italia. I just thought that, you know, I thought that they were going to be stronger. They got to be stronger. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't lose to Bologna 2-0. to zero. I know the game's in Bologna, that's fine. And I have to say, guys, 
There was a spotting of a smoking hot redhead Italian girl in yes. the crowd. Unicorn. So maybe that was just a bit too distracting for uh, uh, you know Iago Falke and the likes. But um, yeah, I mean, you look at this team, they, they should be producing better than they have. But unfortunately, unless they really right the ship, we're going to be talking about a team that underperformed for the season. It's a shame. Uh, hope, hoping uh, that doesn't persuade Joey Bag of Donuts to leave uh, back to EPL. Uh, I do like saying his name and uh, having him in the league. So Torino's in ninth place now. They got 30 points. Sorry, Leslie. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Hashtag no more Roma wedding derby. So, guys, uh, that puts uh, Torino in ninth place with uh, uh, 30 points. And uh, Bologna actually right behind them with 26 uh, in 10th place. So definitely middle of the pack. All right, up next we got Fiorentina and Chievo. This one finished 3-0. Fiorentina making a statement. Church, an Italian, Chiesa, is in session as Fiorentina keep throwing flames. Tad, you got this one. Guys, when I was watching this game, you could have convinced me that the game, that the two teams were playing for the Lady Medici's hand in marriage with the look of these unis, man. If one went to, you know, if this game went to penalties, I think they probably would have decided it with a joust. Um, I think I saw Mercutio suit up for Chievo in this game. Um, you know, Fiorentina in the regal purple and, you know, Chievo looking like squires for knights and their yellow tops with the blue sleeves. I mean, either that or they're going for that, like, grocery store coupon book look. Um, you got you got Shakespeare references, medieval references. Dude, all over the well residents. Well done. Is that where you shot Marco Walmart? Um, yeah, actually, I do now because the times are tough, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a new one up the street here. So, yeah. You know, Kiev was trying to put it to him early, um, but Fiorentina get it on and pop in with a dandy little left footer by Tiello or Tiello or Giallo or Giello. Tiello. 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 In the 18th minute, 1 0 Fiorentina. Um, and after Kievo goalie old man Sorrentino, Sorrentino praised he didn't break his hips on a few saves. He was diving all over the place. His D betrays him. by They, they pull down field to burn. Bernadeschi in the box. Babacar uh, converts the PK 2-0 Fiora in the 52nd minute. There he is again, man. Babacar coming out yeah he, you know he's he gets his goals in every That's every right. once in a while he's still he's young man yeah man in the europa league crusher too man he was he was lighting it up for them during the europa league for the short stint that they were involved um you know after all hope was lost i mean you think they'd have some time but kievo just really can't put a tack together after all hope was lost for kievo it goes from you know like a tough break 2-0 home loss to uh you know basically hold you upside down by your feet and give you a little 3-0 spank and a little um, 90 plus three stats patterns rejoice when Federico Rich Faith in the Chiesa tops off his man of the match performance with a late goal. I mean, dude, Chiesa's name is Federico Chiesa. Yeah. Rich Faith Church. You know, homeboy needs to front a Christian rock band or be in a gospel <laughs> choir or something with a name like that. Yeah. Excellent goal. Sliding right in. I like that one. He's, he's a promising young player who's about to be called up to the national team, so just another one of those Italian prospects coming up. Yeah, I mean, keeping with Chiesa, the 19-year-old starlet who's basically become a first-team fixture, turned in yet another stud performance. Guys, what are your thoughts on the future of rich faith in the church? I, you know, I for whatever reason, he reminds me a little bit of Kovacic, the guy who's playing Real Madrid and was playing Inter. He's just uh, He's got the technique. He's got a little bit of base. 
and uh, he's got a good good eye for goal as well. So uh, I think that Chiesa is going to be uh, another one of those young starlets. Well, he's no Josh Perez. I love the Americans in Syria. Good point. Uh, ha- hashtag give Josh Perez a chance. Yeah. All we are saying <laughs> is give JP a chance. Um, Perez and, a chance. How's that going, Marco? You're the, you're the singer-songwriter. And, of course, bring back Giuseppe Rossi. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, transfer stuff for these two team guys. What do, what do you got? I mean, not a whole lot going on here. Um, the one thing that I saw that was interesting is that if Kalinich goes to China, which he's, one day he's going, the next day he's not. One day he's going for sure, the next day he's not. Is they'd look to buy Destro, which for me that's a little bit of hustling backwards. I think Kalinich is a way better player than Destro. Um, and it also looks like they might go after Gabbiadini if Kalinich leaves. I mean, Gabbiadini, in my opinion, would be a great fit. I saw Kievo might be losing Floro, Floro, Floro Flores to, to Bari. Um, you know, that would be his 11th team in 17 years, but nothing special there either. All right. So Fiorentina's right in the middle of it. They're in eighth place with 33 points. Um, they also have a game in hand, right? Yeah. So they got a game in hand. Um, uh, so you got them there. And then Kievo down there in 13th with 25 points. So a little bit further down. Keeping it rolling, guys. We've got Empoli and Udinese. This one finishes 1-0. And the Georgia Peach, Michelice, puts Empoli 11 Good points. Good enough, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> the, the Georgian Georgian pronunciations, they're, they're going to be tough for me. Uh, they're 11 points clear of the relegation zone. So kind of killing my dream of a, of a four-team race for, for down uh, in the danger zone. Um, slow first half with Empoli here. And really the story is Michelice. Taking a cross off his header, nailing it to the near corner of the net. Great finish, but very late. 82nd minute here. And so the story, I'd, I'd say, is uh, just 11 points clear of the relegation zone. Um, Empoli's making a statement there. They're, they probably aren't going to get relegated uh, that far ahead. Eight yellow cards in this game, four for each team. So, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of fouls here. Um, but then, uh, you know, that was really it. Udinese, not much to report on. Except Kevin Lasagna, we talked about that. I just wanted to say that again for our listeners. Listeners, there's a guy out there in Syria named Kevin Lasagna. Is that, isn't that Paul Blart's partner in the mall? Yeah, they're both mall cops. Paul Blart and Kevin Lasagna. Love it. Love and it. speaking of names, uh, Big Mac, Big Mac and Cheese, uh, maybe going to, to China. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. The only thing I got to say on this game, guys, Skrupski, another clean sheet. Yep. All right, guys, moving forward to your favorite part, the danger zone. The danger zone. Whittle Richard, we love you. All right, starting off, we're going to go with Genoa and Crotone. This finished 2-2. Crotone gets Crouton Nation's hopes up with two goals in one game. Believe that? And manage a point against Genoa. Game started off pretty aggressive uh, for Croutons uh, out there. Crotone starting off uh, really well here. But Genoa Simeone strikes in the 42nd minute, probably off sides in my opinion. I'm a Crouton homer, though. Uh, and the home team is up, one nothing. Oh, it was BS, Chris. I feel your pain. There you go. 66th minute off a set piece. Nice and easy. Ceccarini gets on the ball and puts a top corner. And we got a 1-1 game. Uh, he had a heck of a game this game. Yep. Trota also got in the mix, uh, had some great volleys, didn't didn't happen anything. Uh, but then Crotone starts acting like Crotone, gives up a PK. Ferrari pushes super sub Pandev down to the ground, 
and Ocampos, Ocampos puts it away uh, with a PK. 2-1 Genoa, and you think, all right, that's it. Crotone had their one goal, and, and they're going to lose uh, 2-1. But then Crotone, completely out of character, scores the tying goal on a scramble in the front of the net, and we got a tie game, 2-2. Ferrari, who just when you think he couldn't do anything more foolish giving up that PK before, PK before goes and does something like this. And completely redeems himself. All the Dumb and Dumber fans out there, hopefully you like that. That John Denver's full of bleep. <laughs> and we got a 2-2 goal uh, game here, and Crotone sneaks away with a point. So uh, good for them. Bad for Genoa. Uh, let's go with uh, what, are you, what are you hearing about Genoa, guys? Uh, tough one for them. Uh, any transfer news? Any, anything with, uh, with that team? Well, you know, the coach... Juric has he's on this he's on the hot seat five straight city out losses and uh Laxalt guys we keep talking about it he uh he is a good player and Genoa's a bad team so we might see him out as as well as Simeone but we'll did see. you see you Uruguayan riffraff up in this piece with the cross pattern cornrows for this game you should pour another shot of olive oil in fact somebody give me some olive oil I'm, I, here we go hashtag tad chin chin Diego Laxalt riffraff for the cornrow game. Chantani. There you go. Enjoy it. A little bit. A little bit. Just enough to touch the tongue. Yep. Uh, some rumors of him going to Roma. We'll, we'll see if that uh, comes about. Um, the serious question for me, guys, in this game, have Crotone given... Whoa. <coughs> see that? Yeah. You guys are killing yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was born in a vat of Jameson, and man, that's oof. that is not Jameson. <laughs> but I mean, if Crotone given up so much on the season that the names of the back of their shirts are written in Comic Sans, it's it's hard to miss. It really is Comic just a bad jersey. Sans? Yeah, I was telling you earlier though, Real Madrid did the same thing, man. It's yeah, just... I mean, Crotone, the Real Madrid of of Southern Italy. Yeah, I mean, and then also the as their shirt sponsor is a welder. You take what you can get down at Crotone. Oh, my god, Blue-collar yeah. team. Man. How much right. to get Curve America on the front of their shirt? <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. A in shot that. of olive oil? Yeah. So there's uh, Crotone. They are totally reliant on Empoli. Uh, they've got 10 points down in 18th place. Next up in the final game for Week 21 is Pescara and Sassuolo. This one finishes 1-3 one th- one in Sassuolo's favor. Sassuolo shake off a terrible midweek Coppa Italia, showing up and grabbing three points from the bottom dwellers of Pescara. Marco, you got this. Guys, Pescara, man. I, I had my hopes up, water blowing out my blowhole. There was little fish pieces in there because I've been eating, feeling good. And uh, when Pescara ties the game 1-1 after uh, Matrix puts them uh, Sassuolo ahead in the first minute... Bahebek, the newcomer from PSG, second goal, neat finish across his body. It's 1-1. Guys, it's Biscata. I think it's their day. They're playing at home. Their home fans are thinking <laughs> Sassuolo just had you know a terrible loss against Cesena, but then Sassuolo buries two goals, and it's capped off with a wonder goal from Matri, who may or may not have shot the ball with his eyes closed <laughs> or slash tried to, tried to cross it or something. The game ends with eight yellow cards, 19 to 16 in shots. Guys, this is a, a, a kind of a shootout here. Uh, but end of the day, Piscata, they hold that last place firm. And uh, I think last week I said they have a chance of getting out. Yeah, there's no chance. They're 
You can't miss PKs when you're down in the danger zone. And Piscara missed a PK. <laughs> Not very good at all. They're they're adding they're adding depth. I mean, they got Stendardo, Bowo, Kubis, uh, Cherry, Gilardino, and Castanos, and now they have Sulimuntari. I mean, guys, for a team who's potentially to most likely going down, it looks like they're reinforcing themselves for City B. And did you see Aquilani start in this game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Glass Boy. All right, guys, they There's- call me Mr. Glass. <laughs> Sassuolo there in 14th place with 24 points. That's pretty bad, but pretty high out outside of the danger zone. And Piscara down in the last place spot, 20th, with 9 points. Main. That'll do it for week 21. Guys, let's go to the awards. What impressed you for this past weekend of games? Starting off with the goals. Lucky Mr. Matrix for me, uh, Alessandro Matri. He, he he gets the cross slash uh, you know eyes closed goal, but he chips the goalie from uh, an impossible angle. It was beautiful. If he meant to do it, he gets the goal of the week for me. For me, it's again, guys, with this team play that Napoli has the Mertens to Insigne. Mertens gets the ball up the right side. You know, just a beautiful left-footed pass that drops right in front of Insigne, who has a left-footed curler as a goal. Absolutely. I mean, it's just why you like soccer. I'm going to go with Joe Mario with the winner for streaking Inter. 60th minute coming off the bench and taking the game winner. Good for him. Yeah, Kendreva's left-footed cross on that one, too. is pretty wild. Yep. All right. How about the other end of the field, guys, with goal saves of the week? For me, it's Joe Hart on Verdi. Uh, Verdi cuts in with his left foot and arcs it. Joe Hart, just a nice, huge save. He's completely sprawled out. That's what Joe Hart can do. For me, it's uh, Tatarusano. Tatarusano. There we go. That's what I'm going with. That's what his mama calls him anyways. Um, on Lucas Castro. Lucas Castro, one of the only, one of the only bright points for Kievo this season. You know, had another great game. He had one where he wound up and blasted it, curling to go upper 90. Tata Rusano just flew up, knocked it away, full extension. Buyakasha. I'm going to go with Milan here. Donnarumma, even though they lost the game, he, he blocked a uh, second-half breakaway from Mertens. Um, you know, didn't get the result, but still uh, a great, great goalie, great effort. Overall, team or player of the week? Your choice. I'm going to go with uh, A.S. Roma and Jekyll. I think that they are continuing their run, and Jekyll's a big part of that run. Uh, I'm going to stick just right behind them, Napoli. Drace Mertens has just been a joy to watch the season. And in this game, him, both him and Insigne were just on another level with their cutting, their passing, their vision. Just, just fun to watch. I'm going to go with Tad's favorite, the Georgia Peach. And see if I can say it right. Mitchelitsevich. Mitchelitse. Uh getting the game winner for Empoli, pulling him out of the danger zone there. Uh it's gotta be good uh to we, be a Georgia Peach this week. We might have to just start calling him Levon. That's his first name. Yeah. Levon the Georgia Peach. Yeah, that's that's his government name. It's easier to say. I agree <laughs> with that. All right, guys. So week twenty one in the books. Good job all around. What are we looking forward to for week 22 coming up next weekend? Torino-Atalanta, that's the big game, the headliner. It's two Cinderella squads. I got Atalanta uh, away at Torino. Torino's just in terrible form right now. 2-1. 
We'll see. Uh, I, I like uh, the Cinderella story with Atalanta, but Torino gets Belotti back. Let's see if they can do anything. Squeak it away with 2-1 in Torino's favor. You know, one thing we failed to point out this week, guys, is out of 10 games, there was only one draw, and that draw was Crotone scoring two goals. Um, so, you know, I really want to pick a draw for this game, but I can't just because teams seem to be going for the win. Um you know, I'm going to go with Atalanta with another signature win. I think Belotti will score a goal, but I'm going to go with Atalanta uh, 2-1. All right. Another game that we're looking forward to is Sassuolo and Juventus. This is going to be an interesting one to see if Sassuolo, with Berardi back, if he can uh, uh, really do anything. A few weeks ago, I think at the ter- beginning of uh, part two of the season, Tad, you asked, is Sassuolo going to turn it around now with Berardi? This is the test for me. I'm going to say Berardi's going to be back, and he's going to shock the world here. one nothing, taking it to Juventus. You know, this to me, guys, is the most interesting game. And every time I say like, like a matchup like this where there's a, where some giant slaying goes on, like when Atalanta played Juventus, they get absolutely steamrolled. But the fun thing about this year at the Serie A and Juventus is, is they lose. And Berardi's back. So maybe, just maybe, you know, I mean, they look terrible losing to Chizena. Maybe, just maybe, they're going to win. But no, they're not. I'm going to go. Um, Juventus wins this game 2-0. 3-0 Juve. All right. Very simple for Marco. <laughs> <laughs> Probably with most of the league there uh, on, on that game. Uh, uh, we'll see. All right, and then the game of the week, W-E-A-K, we got Crouton Nation. Their fate is tied to Empoli, making this a four-horse race. Down in the danger zone, what are you guys taking for Crotone and Empoli? I mean, I'm going to have Scrubscooth another clean sheet, 1-0 Empoli. I'm a homer here for, for Crotone, and uh, I'm going to go. They're going to... St- They've already scored two goals last week. Let's go for it again. 2 nothing over Empoli. They're going to do it. Guys, it's, uh, it's a 0-0 game right here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's spelled. You know, it's out there. I mean, you can see it already. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. The, and I'm looking at Crotone and Empoli on the screen. I'm seeing two zeros. I'm, it's just maybe it's a mirage, but uh, that's it. That's all I got to say about that. Can I take my answer back? <laughs> Let us know what games you guys are looking forward to out there. Um, we got our. We want to remind everyone. Uh, social media, as always, we got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. Uh, find us again at asroma360.com. And uh, love to hear from you guys. Comment, rate and comment. Tad's favorite, iTunes, SoundCloud. Please rate and comment uh, on those as well. We're looking forward to week 22. Until those games hit, guys, ragazzi, we say. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao.